Okay, you may be in a workplace. You may have those delightful moments when you just desire to go to work. And on the other hand, you may have those downer moments when you wish you could just pull the covers over your head and stay home. And we're going to talk today about how to handle workplace situations. My guest today is Jordan Goldrich. He's written a great book on workplace warriors. We're going to talk about why we have a war mentality about it and what you can do to make it easier for you to want to go to work. Stay tuned. Welcome to Emotional Savvy, the Relationship Help Show. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. If you're ready to increase your confidence in conversations and conflict, deepen your self-awareness, expand your connectedness, and enrich your relationship with yourself and other humans you care about, and even those you wish you didn't, you're in the right place. Enjoy today's episode. bit different topic today. We're going to talk about how to be a better leader, how to be in the workplace as a leader, what to do if you have a leader that's not so much fun and makes you want to pull the covers over your head. So welcome to the program, Jordan. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here and my honor to be here. Thank well, you. that's always good to hear. And you've written this great book. I have a copy of it, so I know all about it. The Workplace Warrior, People Skills for the No BS Executive. Now, I'm giving the initials because we keep it uh, in a certain level for YouTube to make them happy. But everybody got it, you know, People Skills for the No BS Executive. So what drew you to write this book? Well... I was one of those people, and to tell you the truth, probably on occasion I still am. I get experienced as abrasive and overly direct. I was born in a loud New York family, and I was also born in and raised in a city housing project for abused and uh, I'm for abused for returning war veterans, and so. Um, I really developed a very direct style, which later got me in a little bit of trouble. And I once lost the executive position because of it. And so I made the decision to change. And now I help others to do the same. Mm -hmm. Well, there's nothing like a little real life experience to wake you up and put you on a new path, is there? <laughs> Absolutely. I refer to it as a uh, two by four over the head. Right, and sometimes that's a very, very, very heavy two-by-four. Depends what it's made of, right? Yes, yes. This, this yeah. was a heavy one, actually. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, sometimes we get the nudges of the two-by-four that's made of styrofoam and other times titanium. So it's important for us to sit up and take notice, especially when you're just having the styrofoam one. So why did you choose the metaphor of a warrior? Well, about... Three years ago, I became, I uh, started doing volunteer work for an organization called the Honor Foundation, which helps Navy SEALs and other special operations forces, Marine Raiders, uh, and, and the other ones transition to military life. And I had the opportunity to look at the SEALs ethos. 
And it occurred to me that the people who get labeled bully or jerk or difficult or whatever it is, most of them don't want to hurt people. And most of them have a number of the characteristics of that ethos, but not all of them. So it was how to become a better warrior as opposed to how to clean up your act. Yeah, it's always a questionable decision, isn't it, when you look at making a metaphor. So I I wanted to ask that question because warriors protect and warriors win, and it depends how you're thinking of the metaphor. So I like the fact that you're bringing up uh, the seals and things like that, quite strategic, quite the force to be reckoned with. And uh, if we're going to be a workplace warrior, I guess those are a couple of things to go armed with. But you brought up the word abrasive, Jordan. Yes. <laughs> and that that is something that really can be a difficulty in the workplace. Yes. We want to be clear. We want to be strong. We want to be assertive. But yes. abrasive, not so much. Talk about Absolutely. that. Well, let me say that abrasive is a perception. And it depends on who's perceiving it to determine whether it's abrasive or it's wonderful, loving, and caring. And so in my family, uh, there's a story that I tell in the book about my psychiatrist uncle sitting at the table with me. I'm age 12, and I decide it's time to tell a political opinion. And without missing, missing a beat, he said to me, Jordan, you're a moron. Now, I didn't think for one second that Seymour thought I was a moron. I knew he loved me and cared about me. And that this was just my ways, my family's way of saying you haven't thought this through. And what I find is that I get around people these days who are very strong and direct. By the way, both men and women. I know Warrior has kind of a male uh, implication, but, but the way I use it, it can be any gender, any background, any group. And part of it is cultural. It's part of how you're raised. The other piece is that people who are very driven for results get very frustrated with the people around them when they're not as driven. And it's a defensive response in some ways because they feel, they feel lesser than when their team is not performing. So in some ways, it's a defensive response, but a lot of people experience it as abrasive, disrespectful, and even abusive. Mm-hmm. Well, in my work, I, I talk about being assertive in this way, yes. um, that you have the right to take up space and draw breath. And when you accord yourself that right, you then have the right to be assertive, which is to say what you think, feel, need, and want as long as you do not mention another human by name or pronoun. So when you start to be able to speak up from what it is you need, think, want, feel, perceive, and not try to thrust it on other people or make them responsible for it, we can erase some of that abrasive nature because we're only speaking about ourselves. What's your experience with that? Sure. I'd like to understand a little bit more about what you said, in particular, as long as you don't name somebody. Yes, as long as you don't mention another human by name or pronoun. Okay. Because we live in a, in a situation where people are a bit clumsy with communication often. Yes. 
And with that clumsiness, when they get a little bit rattled, a little bit anxious, a little bit angry, they tend to get into blaming language. And when you're into blaming language, you're not owning what's going on for you. You're saying, what's going on for me is your fault. Yes. And that's what I am endeavoring to help people not do. Yeah, and I'm, I have seen many of your podcasts now and um, I appreciate that and I'm in complete agreement with it. I, I believe that there is no excuse for demeaning, abusive, disrespectful behavior or verbalizations to other people. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we also have, I believe, a culture that I would call somewhat overly protective in that when people were disrespectful to me as a as a kid, my father, on the one hand, uh, uh, related to me, but on the other hand, uh, you know, basically said, Jordan, this is what the world's life grow up. And so there's a, I, I think that there is something on the side of the people who are receptive to that, who receive it is determines whether or not they experience themselves as victims or targets. And I think if they experience themselves as targets, they know they have a choice to take it. And I've seen that in your podcasts a lot. How do you, what's the decision you're going to make about what you do? Mm-hmm. Yes. Point well taken. I mean, obviously, First of all, your cultural example and your family where you were brought up, <laughs> someone says you're a moron and you say, yeah, but <laughs> and you don't take offense like, oh, that's just how we talk to each other. Right. But when we're generally in a position, you know, I wrote a book about um, it's called uh, Wrestling Rhinos, Conquering Conflict in the Wilds yes. of Work. And, you know, we often feel very much different about our workplace than we do about home. Yes. So if someone called you a moron in the workplace, you might take it just a little bit differently, right? Well, absolutely. I, I have a business partner who grew up in a, uh, his mother is Mexican and his father is Dutch. Mm-hmm. And he grew up on the border in El Paso. And so he and I have very similar family experience. And my wife recently said to me that she's been listening to me on the phone with him for 10 years now. And it took her a while to realize that the tone of voice we were using with each other was just the way we talked to each other that, you know, there were times she said to me, I was sure you were going to quit. And, and afterwards, somehow or other, you got on the same page and I would respond well, we were just talking to each other. That's how we talk. So it, it, in some ways, it really does have to do with not only family culture, but I have done executive coaching, for instance, with people from uh, South America who were now living in, say, Germany and who were taken aback about how people talk to them in Germany. And really, on some level, it's a matter of the culture and how direct are you versus indirect. Well, I think that's absolutely true. And then there's the difference in culture. Some cultures are collectivist, so the family or the tribe is more important than the individual. Exactly. And then uh, we live in an individualist culture where what we think is 
what we think about, and yes. and we're going to take care of ourselves, hopefully. Yes. Um, so that that definitely makes a difference. But you know, going back to the abrasive thing, there's a certain number of filters a human has to have in their communication at work. Sure. Uh, yeah, and and we can't just speak up without filters. So how do people know which filters to put in place when? Well, I think it's different in different workplaces. So if you're working on a construction site, the filters are very different than if you're working in a nonprofit organization that serves, uh, for instance, handicapped children or disabled children. So you need to figure out what is the culture. Also, you need to develop relationships with people and deal with the fact that sometimes you may unintentionally insult them or offend them. You need to deal with that. You need to build relationship and let people know where you're coming from. Right. And if you've just joined us, I want to tell you I'm talking with Jordan Goldridge, and he is the author of the newly published book, Workplace Warrior, People Skills for the No BS Executive. And I'll tell you just a little more about him now. He's the Chief Operations Officer, Master Corporate Executive Coach, professional certified coach and a California licensed clinical social worker. And he's a partner in the business consulting firm Custom Matrix Inc. and an executive coach for the Center for Creative Leadership. So we're talking about his book, Workplace Warrior, and we're getting some ideas about this whole way that we deal with issues in the workplace. But a lot of that comes from how we have been trained to do that at home. And that's what we've been talking about. So, Jordan, what <clears throat> that story about your uncle, do you consider that abrasive? Well, when I was growing up, I did not. In retrospect, I realized that many people thought my family was loud. I, I remember getting off the, uh, I lived in a 14 story building, 12 apartments to a floor. And I remember getting off the elevator on the ninth floor, which is where we lived with a friend. And we were walking down the hall and he says to me, I don't think we should go in. I said, why not? And he said, cause your parents are fighting. Mm -hmm. And I could hear my mother. It was my mother's turn. She was like, Howard, <laughs> Yeah, they're talking to each other. And so, again, I, you know, if, you fr if you're from New York, which I am, I've been working on this now for 30 years, and I really started working on it after I was fired. I go back mm -hmm. to New York, they think I've lost my edge. Out here, most of the people who know me think I'm overly direct and not diplomatic enough. So, Again, it, it highlights that. Having said all of that, however, it is the job of the person, as you suggested, to figure out what language are the people, you know, what is the culture and the language of the people you're talking to? Because if you want to build team, if you want to get results, if you want to build collaboration, you better, you better do that. You don't go to Italy, speak English, and expect everybody to understand you. Well, that's absolutely true. And, you know, I, I can throw a little bit of my background into the hat because I'm a Canadian. Oh. So <laughs> I have dual citizenship, but I was raised in Canada. So, you know, we're known for being super polite and we'll apologize for almost anything. Yes. So when we come face to face with abrasiveness in your definition, we're like, oh, my. 
you know, what did I do wrong? Yes. Uh, and that really emphasizes the culture clash that can happen in a workplace. Yes. And also the, the lack of direct communication. I've lived in the States so long now that when my Canadian friends say, well, I was wondering if it might be possible for us to take a few moments to do this, if it's all right with you. Right. <laughs> and I will say to them, <laughs> Just ask me what you're asking me for. Right. You know, because you learn that it is in a different culture, it's in a different context, and exactly. every workplace has their culture aside from a mix of actually. Uh, world cultures there, yes. and the workplace becomes more and more diverse, which really amps up the potential for communication problems. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, absolutely, absolutely. So I, I like what you said. You know, you've got to sit back and figure out what really is the culture around here, right? <laughs> right. And find out. Now, when you were talking a little earlier, I didn't want to jump in right then, but you kind of suggested that we think about men as warriors and i wanted to leap out right through the tele the monitor and say no no i don't think that that's the case at all i think that maybe from a military perspective but certainly not from a comic book perspective <laughs> no i i'm actually completely in agreement with you it's just that as i started to use the term i got feedback from a number of people the professionals uh mostly women but a some men that I need to be careful with that word because it's, it was being experienced as I'm talking about men and not women. So I've really gone out of my way to make it clear that men and women are, can be warriors and that the definition has nothing to do with gender and it has nothing to do with background. Yay. Okay. Yes. Wanted to clear that up because absolutely we women have been warriors for a very long time, ever since Wonder Woman came on the set, you know? Absol <laughs> we're, absolutely. We're good, Amazon warriors. So I have a quote from your book, and I want to ask you a question about it. You said, an abrasive executive can make relatively minor changes in mindset and develop the skills to manage strong judgment and emotions so others do not experience them as demeaning and hurtful. So how yes. does a person do that? Well, one of the first thing that needs to happen, and thank you for asking, the first thing that needs to happen and what happened with me was that I had to make the commitment to change my way of talking with people, partly because I had to recognize that there are other languages out there, but also because... I had to make the decision that when my brain was telling me that someone is not deserving of respect, that I needed to develop compassion. So what do I mean by compassion? I mean that we all are imperfect human beings and we are all suffering from something or another. And your suffering is not better than mine. And that to some degree, being a mature, healthy uplifted human being has to do with wanting to alleviate suffering for other people if you have the ability to do it, or at least contribute to alleviating it. So that's number one. They, many people who are experienced as abrasive believe that the other person doesn't deserve respect. They're lazy, they're this, they're that. 
and they have to get past that and and make a commitment to talk to the human being and hold space for for that. The second piece is that there are some ways of once you've done that, you also need to acknowledge and apologize for your past behavior and let people know. So today, when I, I was in a conversation yesterday with a group of people and I realized that I was, when I brainstorm, I sound like I'm telling people what to do. So I heard it and I stopped and I said, by the way, I know I'm sounding like I'm telling you what to do, but I'm really not. And I'm just thinking out loud. So you tell me if you disagree with me. And so they need to be able to do things like that. Oh, yes. I mean, that level of awareness, like, I love what you just said, because you're practicing this and you in the moment were able to catch the fact that, oh, I wonder how that landed. And then you were able to address it right away and just give people space to understand your position and to tell you. You know, if if it sounded as though you were trying to lead the pack rather than enjoy the brainstorming. Exactly. Yeah, and, exactly. and that's so important because sometimes when we're a little bit vulnerable and we say, oh, I don't think that came across the way I intended it. Let me rephrase that. The other person goes, oh, wow, I see them differently now. They're not trying to push. They're actually trying to communicate with me. Exactly. And that becomes so important. So I want to talk about my favorite topic for just a minute in the context of your wonderful book. And that is sometimes in the workplace, we meet people who are only there to rise up their own image, to take power, to take charge, to put people down, tear things down, wear things down. And how do you find that edge, Jordan? How do you know when you can actually communicate with someone and you can tailor your communication to them? But what happens when you meet that sort of person? A hijackle in my yes. terms. <laughs> yes, I like that term. So uh, I, I think there are two issues involved in what you said. The first issue is I, most of the people who, in my experience, at least in the workplace, who are difficult to handle, who are experienced as bullies, do hurting other people is not their number one is not their number one intention. There is a small group of people who get called sociopaths, I guess, who enjoy hurting people. They enjoy making pain. My sense of it is that it's somewhere between three and five percent of the general population. My Executive coaching colleagues tell me that in the C-suite, it may be more like 10 to 20% of the population. But either or, it's not, the, it's not the majority of the population. So number one, you need to figure out, are you talking to somebody who really enjoys hurting you? Or are you talking to somebody who is having a defensive reaction to poor performance? So that would be, that would be the major piece. Well, interesting. Um because I think those two points are really well taken, but you know, sociopaths, maybe narcissists, more likely uh, people who want to have a need to have control over others. Theirs is the only opinion that really matters their way or the highway. And, and they'll be demeaning and discounting and dismissive when you put ideas forward, because every time you open your mouth, it gives them an opportunity to squash you. Sure. 
So what happens in that situation? Because even though that may be, and I agree with your colleagues, <laughs> maybe up to 20% in the workplace, those people rise. You know, I was yes, speaking at the California HR conference a couple of years ago, and someone said to me, well, what happens to these hijackles, these difficult, toxic people in the workplace? Yes. And I said, brace yourself for the answer. And everybody waited, and I said, they get promoted either yes. laterally or vertically because people want rid of them. Yes. And so that's how they find themselves at the top of organizations. What do you do then? How do you create communication or change or at, at least get your voice heard? So are you talking about as a peer, as a report, as a superior? Well, let's take those apart now that you brought those up because they're certainly very different. So what do you do if it's a peer? So if it's a peer, there are a couple of pieces that are important. One is, what is the context that you use in terms of addressing them? So in the book, I have a chapter called Speaking Powerfully Without Damaging Relationships. And there are a couple of uh, pieces to that. One piece is how you the context you put around things. And I like to use what I refer to as the in-service-to-you context. So if you were my boss, Roberta, and you were talking to me in a really nasty, disrespectful tone of voice, well, number one, I have to separate my self-esteem from how you're talking to me and understand that this is how you talk and it's not about me. Even, even if I made a mistake and you're right. Number two, I need to frame my, my statement back to you in what I refer to as an in-service-to-you way. So I might say something to you like, you know, Roberta, I wouldn't be doing my job serving you if I didn't point out some other perspectives. Do you want to hear them? Oh, beautiful. And I just want to comment on that because for those listening, you know, don't think that when you hear this, you go, oh, yeah, got it. This is practiced communication. Oh my gosh, it is. <laughs> this takes some time. So just know that if you're having an aha moment right now, that, oh, that sounds really good to me. Right. That you want to go and grab Jordan's book, Workplace Warrior, because he's got chapters in there for you. And know that you can then get some new concepts practice them you'll make some mistakes because you're going to go back when into your feelings and right. and blurt you know and when we blurt we hurt so um this is very very important so yeah. carry on well building on what you just said i am very good at this and i am one of the people in my consulting firm who addresses uh, some of our subcontractors who are dealing with important clients and things go wrong somebody's got to talk about it and the difficulty is that on the one hand, you can't let them keep doing it. And on the other hand, they're human beings and they could go out and badmouth the whole company. And then on the other hand, they're human beings and you, don't want, you, you want to be respectful. So there's a number of levels to it. I am very good at it. I teach it. I've written a book about it. My executive coaching clients think I help them tremendously. 100% of the time when I have to do it, I role play it with one of my partners. And 100% of the time, my partners point out how if I say what I just said, it's not going to go well. <laughs> so this is not easy stuff. No, it isn't. And, you know, 
when you have the luxury of time, when you don't have to respond in the moment, we can do much better. Right. But getting to the place where we can't respond exactly the way we want to in right. the moment is what takes time and practice and studying. Yes. And sometimes you even have to role play, take a course, write things down. How would this land? Maybe record what you're going to say and listen to it from the perspective of the person hearing it. You know, there are all kinds of things that we can do to practice because we're going to spend the majority of our waking hours at work. We want that to be productive. We want to feel good. We want to go there. We want to feel as though we've contributed. We want to be seen as a contributor. We don't want to be seen as difficult or too passive or non-contributing or taking up space. (laughs) Um, So we, we have to have that happy balance and being able to communicate so very important. So back to dealing with hijackles that are peers. We just talked about that. Now, what if you have a hijackal who is your manager, your supervisor, your boss? Well, it's very similar. I, I think that most leaders are motivated by one of three things, and I'm about to s- s- oversimplify. <laughs> one of them is winning. I want to be the best. I want to have the highest salary. I want to have the biggest... Uh, title, the, the, the highest title, and I want to kick butt on the competition. And by the way, you need to have some of that if you're going to be a good leader. You, if you have none of that, you're not going to be a good leader. The ones who are primarily motivated by that, I believe, need to, uh, to evolve to we need to win as opposed to I need to win. The second one would be uh, achieving great things. That could be curing cancer. It could be turning around a company that is failing. It could be disrupting the uh, current market with a great new idea, but it's doing something great. Part of that is about solving great puzzles. And then the third thing would be serving others, making a difference in other people's lives. Interestingly enough, whatever combination of those three you have, if you are a warrior, the people around you not demonstrating the same commitment will trigger what is experienced as abrasive behavior. So I have seen nonprofit CEOs who are committed to serving their clientele, whether that's starving people in Africa or it's whatever abuse children who can be very, very abrasive and disrespectful to people in their organization that they perceive are not as committed to serving those people as they are. Mm-hmm. So it really, ha- yeah. And, but there's also this perception of brightness. Like hijackals like to be the smartest person in the room in their estimation. <laughs> Absolutely. So they will look for ways to get in and find your vulnerabilities and go for the coup de grace and wow to be able to respond to that now first i would say that you've got to sit back a bit and look at does this person behave like this with most people yeah if they do then i can remove myself from taking it particularly personally but the thing about taking it personally is that they may be uh, very very hard on me and they may be 
have a golden child in the um, in the yes. in the workplace that they can find no fault and are constantly promoting. Right. And so this becomes very very difficult, and it it is absolutely essential for us to learn how to do these things successfully so that we go home at the end of the day and say yes i am proud of what i did i contributed and i communicated in a way that's in alignment with who i am yes. and then made the workplace better by what i did today yes so just to agree with you and and say it slightly differently i think that people in order to be strong leaders and just to feel good about their lives need to separate how other people are talking to them and about them from how they feel about themselves. Mm -hmm. And I know you talk a lot about developing self, self esteem, self respect, and recognizing that who you want to be is okay, regardless of what other people are saying and doing. And that is really, really one of the keys that you have to feel good about yourself regardless of what other people are saying. And by the way, even if they happen to be right, you did make a mistake. So you have to be able to be compassionate with yourself and be a human being who is imperfect and still feel good about yourself. So, yes. Yes. It's, it's a razor's edge some days. You know, some days you just find yourself on the hot seat and in a hot minute and you want to be prepared. So that's what we're talking about today. My guest is Gordon yes. Goldrich. You can find him at his website, Jordan Goldrich. And let me spell it. J-O-R-D-A-N-G-O-L-D-R-I-C-H.com. JordanGoldrich.com. And he has a gift for you. And, and the link to it is in the show notes. So if you happen to be in your car listening to this or out for a run, don't worry. Go back and you'll find it in the show notes. You don't have to write it down on your sleeve right now. <laughs> but you can just go to Workplace Warrior with an S. Workplace Warriors. It's actually Workplace Warrior. Okay, just one. So it's always good to have a conversation about those kind of things so it settles into our mind. Workplacewarrior.com. And he offers you there, if you give him your email address so you can get it, a battle plan. It's a, a few excerpts from his book, Workplace Warrior. So <clears throat> this is an important conversation that we're having. We could talk for a long time and yes. give people a lot of great tips, but I'm so glad you could join me today, Jordan. Thank you. It has been my pleasure. And as I said earlier, my honor, I have really enjoyed listening to your podcasts. Well, thank you so much. I'm glad you find value there. That's good to hear. So everybody go and visit jordangoldrich.com. Get his free gift for you, the battle plan. Go to workplacewarrior.com and come on over to transformingrelationship.com and we can talk too. If you want my help, you can always get it by using my introductory offer. Go to beaclient.com and we can talk for a whole hour if you're new to talking with me. Also, go to the other podcast that I have for those people in toxic relationships. Go to save your sanity podcast.com and then if you're a youtube aficionado go to my channel for relationship help f-o-r relationship h-e-l-p and in the meantime treat yourself very very well you you have such great value in this world and by listening to these podcasts you're saying to yourself 
I want to be the best I can be, so I'm going to get as many insights and skills as I possibly can. I look forward to talking with you again soon, and in the meantime, take good care. Thanks for being here for today's episode of Emotional Savvy. If you want to deepen your emotional savvy, make shifts in your relationships, and enjoy life and relationships more, work with me, Dr. Roberta Shaler. Get my books, enjoy my courses, or work with me directly. You can do that by visiting forrelationshiphelp.com, F-O-R, relationship, H-E-L-P.com, and subscribe to Tips for Relationships now. Don't miss a thing. Be empowered this week with more emotional savvy.